Okay, welcome to episode three of the Screen 17 podcast, hosted by your court of old men, me, Raymond Hogg, Eddie Bolton, and Rob Mullen. How are you doing, lads? Hello. Hi. Welcome to the third part of... Uh, go on, Eddie, you've introduced this part the last Jesus. few times. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, it basically 31 questions about Batman, all our favorite things um, that we could think of um that came from another couple of podcasts that we listen that I, I listen to anyway is um uh the holy Backcast and the nightlight and they came together and they came up with 31 questions back in may during lockdown so we are stealing their idea to start off our podcast and this is the third part with the last 11 questions but we've made one change which we'll come to that later on it's just to avoid out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's the last last podcast. <laughs> yeah, we caught up to our last one, so we're going to have to come up with a new idea for the next podcast very quickly. Um, cool. Well, we kick it off. Um, you guys have started the last two sessions, so I guess I'll start this session with. Sounds was good. That? that was my phone. Uh, it's oh. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, this is an informal Black podcast, not like we're on radio or something. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start. <gasps> Question 21. Favorite piece of Batman score? So, like, I had a bit of a crazy way of interpreting this, because normally when I hear score, I think of, like, an entire thing. Um, now, I don't know the name of this actual score. Maybe Eddie might know, but he can help me out here. It's the score from um, Arkham Origins. Do you know the... And it has like the Batman. Is that really a Batman score, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in. Remember, it's in the Arc Margins when we played a troop before Eddie. That's just a twist on them. That Christmas song, no? Yeah, yeah. No, it is a twist on the Christmas song, but it's just really cool way that they implemented into like a Batman theme. And because that thing is set at Christmas, it has that kind of like, but it's just a kind of like a darker take on it. So I don't really have anything else to back up on that. So I'm just going to leave my answer there. <laughs> I don't know the piece of the music. I don't, I don't know what it's just the original theme song. Um, Ray. I mean, you could have done a little bit of research if you were going to pick something. <laughs> no, oh, no I'm, I'm going straight in on this one. I just knew what I liked, and I was going to pick it. I mean, there's, 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 there's a bit of music in a video game I like. There's my yeah. answer. I will say though, I co- I commend you on your memory because I can't remember any of the music in that game, and the fact that you remembered that without any research whatsoever. Yeah, hell yeah, that's pretty uh, good to me. The night before Christmas is, is it spelled with a K? Here. No, that's probably it. Should be so. Good job, Ray. <laughs> We're off to a banger here. <laughs> well, in fairness, okay, <laughs> mine's not much better, right? Look, um, we, we all knew it was downhill from episode one. <laughs> We're just <laughs> meaning to go as we go on. Uh, yeah, so that's my one. I, I think it's, yeah, the night before Christmas where it has that um, da, 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 bell motif running through it. So, yeah. Eddie? <laughs> that's a good choice. No, no, it's Rob's gone now. Oh, yeah, it's Rob. Okay, yeah, we're going camera. Um, so we did discuss this before the start of the podcast. I'm choosing the Joker team from the Dark Knight. Um, as we said, it, it's a lot like the uh, the team that kind of comes into. Oh my god, what the hell is the movie we we're just talking about? Dunkirk. <laughs> um, 
Faith is a mess. <laughs> well, folks, that's it. This is what it's going to be like from here on in. Specialism is out the window. <laughs> the senility has finally kicked in. Um, no, no name for this one either. <laughs> uh, the, team, the Joker's team. We'll go I, thought with... I, had, I thought I had a Joker team. Second, it's gone. And Simmer has really. Uh, I. Was it Batman Begins or Dark Knight where all the songs from the soundtrack or sorry, the score were named after Bats? Uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. Did I, I read the naming convention? Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. If you look up the album. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm picking Dath because of how it links into the character and the movie. Um, it sits really well into the film. That sort mm. of distressed rising strings thing that just literally stresses you out as you listen to it. Um, just it seems to never end constantly just grinding strings mm. um so it really helps personify the character cements it in your head i always think a lot of movies would be missing an awful lot if they had no music whatsoever um it's like you ever see those edits on youtube or you watch some of the dvd extras and you see it when they're editing it without any music mm. and it just seems so jarring like the, mu- the music adds so much and i think it does the same for Dark Knight as well, um, it really helps to add that fear and dread to Joker's character. So yeah. that's my choice. Yeah, totally. Edward. Yeah, I mean it's a great it's a great piece of score. Um, it's it's haunting and it's it's kind of always there throughout the film. Even even if it's silence, you can kind of still feel the the strings. Um, as it's. Uh, as the film progresses. Um, so yeah, I'm with you on that one, Rob. It's a, it's a, it's a great piece of music. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, was it um, Alien did that? They had the underlying heartbeat. Du-dum, du-dum, yeah. The whole way through the mo- movie when the alien gets there. Yeah. And as I say, it's just that underbed of this sort of slight stress. I think it even shows up in some of the daytime scenes when the Joker isn't there, as you say, mm. because it's the effect he has on everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so my one is from Batman '89. Um, it's when did I? I, I, I the first time I rewatched Batman '89 since um, since my love of Batman came came back in 2005 was um, maybe a year or two after, and mm. hearing Descent into Mystery when um, Batman is bringing Vicky Vale to the Batcave in the Batmobile. Oh, and, and she tries to see his face and he turns the, the light on her eyes so she can't look at him. Mm. The piece of music from Danny Elfman under that, um, under that scene is, um, is majestic. It's, uh, it, it's all my favorite parts of Danny Elfman into one. It's yeah. melodic. It's epic. It's, but it's also um, personal and um, what's the best word to use for it? In a way, that that score always reminded me of some of the creepier parts of Sleepy Hollow. Um, it has that kind of weird. Mm. It's almost like um, it's almost like a ghostly kind of mysterious kind of theme to it. Like that has a like the kind of like a female choir. It's like da da. Uh, at the end yeah because it mm. starts off really it starts off really quiet um mm. and 
kind of brings you into the Batmobile and the the moment in time between the two of them where she's curious and trying to figure things out. And then it kind of builds up into this epic score to match where the Batmobile is like going at a blistering pace to go into the cave. Um, and yeah, it's always stuck with me. I, I, it's, it's by far my favorite piece of Batman score. So that's my answer. Cool. Cool. Answer. Yeah. Um, cool. Move on to question 22. Um, Fear there's going to be a little overlapping here, but favorite Batman soundtrack. So I guess it the entire soundtrack from top to bottom, original songs, non-original songs. Um, I was a bit confused how to pick one for this, so I just went with Batman Returns. Um, again, I think in the last podcast, uh, from like the first track where it opens, like it's real kind of like there's just a gentle overture up until the point where the bit baby's dropped into the river. And then that scene again, as it's going floating through the sewer, you hear the the Batman motif just kind of build up slowly. But like the score just follows this like bassinet just floating down the river, and then obviously the title screen comes up, and it's like, yeah, if I can give me more Batman. Um, but then like other elements of that soundtrack, like uh, the kind of circusy theme where they're being attacked by the guys in the square. Then there's a piece of music that you always highlight, Eddie, that you really like is. Um, the scene where he goes on a night ride in the Batmobile where the Penguin is doing research on his family in the library. And he's mm-hmm. just like cruising by. What's it called? I said, I have a type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the moody the moody drive-bys. Um, but yeah, just uh, it was great. And then obviously, you know, the, the what's called um, the score for Catwoman and that as well is real kind of like pingy strings like real kind of like strings tightening like that kind of stuff it's really cool so uh yeah Batman have to edit. For me. <laughs> i have to edit some of your um your scores together into one little package by the end of the <laughs> i think what i might do is though, i don't know if it's going if i get around to it but what i'll do is i'll the scores that we're choosing i'll embed them into the background so they're playing underneath so at least the listeners know what the hell we're talking about no no i'm very happy with you just singing them yeah, I think you should yeah. sing all of our choices. Put maybe embed like underneath the podcast your little bits, record it, and just put on a loop. <laughs> just me going. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. What about you, Rob? So, yep. Before we get too sidetracked, I'll move on. Um, for me, I took this hyper literally um, and chose specifically the soundtrack with songs that they actually pulled into the movie hmm. um so it's batman forever of course which ah. has that great u2 song and let's not forget it has a great seal song too <laughs> yeah both dead but, um, songs. it's primarily for hold me thrill me kiss me kill me yeah um which i think as a kid must have been one of the first music videos that i really enjoyed because mm. like, it well it, it was a music video with batman um and it's just crazy like i I watched it again earlier. I don't love the smug Bono bits, but it's still a great music video. Isn't that just all Joker in it as well? Is it the Joker? I always was no because he's it's, kind of this yellow um, jacketed guy. It's a, a it's not like alternate. Fl- it's Fly is his character. No matter, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I know the Bono's character is the Fly, and the, I'm sure the other guy's called something. He's probably called fucking Mosquito Boy or something. <laughs> yeah, because and then they have the nice. Um, like animations of the Riddler as well. Mm. The looking back on it, 
they obviously had a really limited amount of movie footage they could include because it's the same scenes over and over again mm. with Batman and Robin running away from the uh, the Batman symbol, uh, some big canister that like falls through a ceiling. Yeah, you know, they just repeat them here and there, but it's still a great music video. And pretty much just because of that song, I'm going to choose that soundtrack. I was just looking here actually uh, really quick just on uh, Wikipedia because it's a very trusted uh, source of everything. But yeah, no, apparently the characters are The Fly and McFisto. McFisto. <laughs> <laughs> it says, oh, it says oh, McFisto. No. Um, fair enough. <laughs> Not a villain I want to meet. <laughs> His sidekick, Loot Boy. Oh, <laughs> Quick, Loot Boy. Did a fisting machine. <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of pistons, it's just these little fists going chicka 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 chicka. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, Lord. All right. <laughs> okay. Before this gets any more filthy, um... I always get filthier. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my answer is the same. Um, for the same reasons, and I actually only realized there the other day that Seal had not actually written uh, Kiss from a Rose for Batman Forever. He had released on an album prior to that. Really? Oh, I think I yeah, that. yeah. Which is disappointing to say the least. But um, what was sorry to interrupt? What was the Seal song playing before Nine Inch Nails that time? Uh, crazy. Was it? <laughs> but. That's like, uh, to, so, well, sidetrack a little bit. My favorite yeah. joke in, well, one of my favorite jokes is um, I can never, I've never been able to find it again. I watched it in like the top 100 Christmas uh, films of all time. And there was this clay, claymation um, film where it was like in the North Pole and all the deer, all the reindeer were having like their Christmas party. And, um, and all you hear, like during the, them having a chat, is uh, "But we're never gonna survive unless." Like in, like just in a, a low, a low um, range, like for and everyone's just talking over and having a few drinks. And then all you hear is like, uh, "Everybody, give it up for Seal!" And then they turn around and it's like this Seal finishing the song. <laughs> <Coming off. laughs> That's weird. But anyway. Um, it's hard to go off point. It's so funny. Um, yeah. yeah, my favorite soundtrack is um, is Batman Forever. Um, for the same points as Rob said. So I will say um, uh, it's it's very close with um, Batman and Robin for soundtrack. Um, the I think the Batman and Robin soundtrack has more songs that I like. Um, what was the lead song instance, from Batman and Robin? Like, was the, there a, a oh, there was two? There was two. One is now problematic, but uh, one was uh, Smashing Pumpkins. The end is the beginning is the end, which yeah. is an absolute tune. You and that they, Kelly. the reworked, the, the reworked version of the end is the beginning is the end is on um, Batman and Robin as well. Is it? So, so the reworked version that was on the Watchmen trailer mm. that everyone was crazy about is um, the beginning is the end is the beginning. And that's on, that's the last song on the Batman and Robin soundtrack as well. Oh, wow. Um, but yes, or Kelly's uh, Gotham City is was the other one. Um, dreadful that. song. But they have um, they have Maloko and REM are also on the soundtrack for Batman and Robin. Is uh, the age of the soundtrack kind of dead? You think? Did like I feel like Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. It was a real 
product of the 90s to have those kind of soundtracks I that they were that, really looking to get these I feel like it's coming, I feel like it's coming back a little bit because if you look at like Into the Spider-Verse yeah. that had its own soundtrack and own, its own songs written by artists for it that, and there's a couple of other examples in the last couple of years as well like because I guess back then like music videos because there were such a kind of uh, fan based catcher like for, for promoting a movie or anything like that but like because music videos don't really hold the same weight, the song has to be just be really good or the, the artist has to be like, have their own clout to pull people in. That's why I think Post Malone was great for Into Spider-Verse because he already had like a massive young audience and that song is just amazing. It's so good. That song just, you hear that song and you just think Into the Spider-Verse. Um, Teen Titans Go soundtrack is incredible. That um, Barry Manor is we'll it no. no, it's uh, it's uh, my uncle, uh, Michael Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think when I hear Michael Bolton is uh, Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> and in fairness, like another guy's name is Michael Bolton. Another guy, I know it's again is a little bit off topic, but another great example of a modern um, music video that promoted a, a song was uh, Deadpool Two. Yes. Jesus, amazing. Oh no! Uh, yeah, Ashes. Or Ashes. Sorry. Yeah. Ashes by Celine Dion. It's that's an incredible song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they did like, video the old, as well, right? Yeah, what? they did the old music video for it as well. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And then uh, before we get off this question, um, honorary mention, I guess, to Batman '89 for Prince. So yeah, let's yeah. mention that. They, did, um, they originally wanted Michael Jackson for that one. Oh, that's the bullet. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. <laughs> I can still enjoy. I can still enjoy it. Although I've I've heard stories, but like we'll. we'll yeah. Anyways, so many, actually, no, no, sorry. He's dead now, so we can tell <laughs> oh, him the book we want. No, don't <laughs> kill him the dead. So close to derailing more. Um, uh, I won't. On to number twenty-three. Uh, favorite Batman movie poster. Um, I had to actually do a little bit of research on this one because for life me, I struggled to remember which movie this was actually from. I, it's not from the movie I thought it was. I thought um, this poster was from The Dark Knight, as in the second of the Nolan movies. Um, but it's actually from Dar- uh, Batman Begins, which is the, the famous one where it's him coming down from the sky and it's the cape just completely uh, flowing out and the bat symbol and all the bats are flying all over the place. But it's just a great mix of like the really, really dark contrast of the buildings being almost pitch black. And this is really amber orange sky. Um, just I remember like when that came out and they were kind of rebooting Batman again you just kind of knew like yeah this is this is going to be good this isn't freaking the same rubbish that we had the last two times with Schumacher's Batman Um, yeah so I'm going to go with Batman Begins on that one you Rob yep um, so yeah, like you I did my research and it was bloody difficult as well when you're mm. trying to look up posters and all you end up finding is fan art posters and I'm starting to completely question my brain. I don't going, remember Adam that West being Batman Begins. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, it was like you were saying, looking at was was that it? I don't yeah. remember which movie this was. So I went really specific, and it's the black and white one from Dark Knight Rises, where the buildings form the bat symbol, oh, and no. that's all that's in it. There's no Batman in it. It's not the one with Batman overlaid in it or anything mm. else. Just the buildings. Because I like really subtle posters. Yeah. And it's the third movie in a trilogy. People are going to go see it anyway. For God's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to stick Batman on it. You don't need to stick Bane on it. 
like it doesn't tell you anything about it. It's just really nice artwork. Mm. Now, admittedly, the same idea kind of blends into all the other movies that happen around it. Like they did the same broken building makes a symbol thing with um, Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Um, but that was the turf. It is a great poster. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just really like the simplicity that tells you nothing about the movie, but just looks great. I had that on my wall. I had like the um, the cinema size version of that on my wall. Um, yes, I remember. Yeah, I think that's I why know. it's stuck in my head. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it's gone now. Shame I don't have it anymore. Um, mine is also from Dark Knight Rises. Um, I didn't know if I should go with a fan art one. I kind of said no, but I will say there are far better fan art versions of posters than actual movie posters for Batman. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But that's true for almost every movie. Like yeah. the Marvel posters are crap. And then you watch yeah. someone's fan art one and yeah. like they usually have a whole video of here's how I created it. Yeah. Um, they're mm. amazing. But the one I've gone for is um, the, there's uh, one with Bane at Bane's back and he's just after smashing the cowl and the cowl is in the foreground um, and there's rain coming down on That's a fan art? It is. No, really? no, no. No, that's what I said. I did, I'm not going, I'm not going with a fan art one. Oh, right, I, I right. Went with the, yeah, yeah, I went with, um, I went with a, an actual poster that was released. Um, but that one, um, it's a little bit of a spoiler for the film, but it's kind of halfway through, so it's not a massive deal. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that got me super excited for the film. Um, and it's atmospheric and yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, there's not a lot of incredible Batman posters for films. Mm. I mean, like the Lego yeah. movie Batman poster might be the, <laughs> it is up there <laughs> with one of the best ones, but uh, I, I so almost went with Lego movie poster. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, like even right. the, the original, like 89 Batman one, it is just the logo. It's just a really nice version of the logo. Then the, What's so uh, Batman Returns has their heads stacked on top of each other. I, I always hated that cover. Oh God, yeah, like yeah. it's just the three heads like staring out of the dark. And I was like, this is a terrible poster. I love if you took the heads out of that, that would be my favorite poster. Yeah. The background of that's incredible. I love it. Mm. Um, but this one, the Dark Knight Rises one with Bane and the and the Cowl, is as close to I don't know a pulpy noir um poster that batman's had and i will say i do love the 89 poster just because it's it's i think it's burned everyone's head now it's a bit like the jurassic park poster yeah it's where it's, it's so classic like you know if you were to put um 10 posters on a wall from classic movies i feel like batman 89 would have to be up there along with like pulp fiction and mm-hmm. alien and stuff that would have to be one of them so um well, it's it's iconic. Ah, yes, I got the one. Uh, uh, I, got I, got it. <laughs> I, I got it in a few seconds earlier than you. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. No. We'll have to edit that bit out. Yeah. But Eddie's. That's going to be like our bad word for it. Like, we, we need to. <laughs> you have to get an iconic <laughs> swear jar. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so the. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises for me. Cool, cool. Uh, cool. Push on. So um, the next one um it's kind of a bit, bit difficult because i i don't read a massive amount of comics so i'm kind of gone with a bit of a safe one here but favorite batman comic story arc i've gone for uh the dark knight returns um 
purely because I'm quite familiar with it, um, it, it kind of changed, I guess, Batman for the better from like the was the late 80s when it came out. Um, kind of showed this like how it could be a darker version of Batman. No, it was late 70s it came out. Was it 78, 78 79? That late? I thought it was before the Tim Burton one because it didn't it kind of... Anyways, I'll, I'll Google that and check it out. Um, but just like the, the, like the idea of... Uh, Six, apparently. 86, was it? So it's like Batman coming out of retirement, basically to throw down with these thugs who are taking over cities. Like, he's just sick of it. Um, then, like, obviously, you know, squaring off against Superman and putting Superman in his place. Uh, just kind of showing how much of a badass that if, if Batman really wanted to, he could have killed Superman. Just saying, like... Showing that he doesn't need superpowers, he can just take people down on his know-how and skill, um, and then like just simple things like um, the the line in the comic where he comes back and you know the, the guys, oh, you know, you're in for a show, kid, and then he, the guy goes, you know, welcome back, bats, and then he's like, hey, you broke that guy's back, and he's like, ah, he'll walk again. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dark Knight Returns, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, I am. Um, I do the one thing I have about. Dark Knight Returns is how off the deep end Frank Miller ended up going with other things hmm. um, later on that taints it a little bit um, but yeah that's a great choice I actually chose that for Robin for my favourite Robin last week um, yeah and what a weird sort of angle like I think Dark Knight Returns especially was my first introduction to those what if scenarios hmm. they have in comics Yeah, when I read it as a kid um, I wasn't familiar that, oh, do you do like one-off arcs in these kind of different universes? Mm. And yeah, just the idea of Batman being an old man who has to figure out how to be Batman again. Yeah. And that, let's not okay. forget, like it basically inspired most of Batman v Superman, like everything from the Batman armor to the, the BVS kind of showdown on the roof, like loads of that is actually shot for shot. Like, Oh yeah, um, sure. Bloody... I think, isn't the Batman symbol um, from dark knight return yeah, almost the exact same i think BBS. it is the same i think it's the fat bat is what it's kind of known as yeah um this is it i mean i i like the story a lot i don't love it um and i think maybe it's because it's become oversaturated now because i remember the dark knight rises it was a massive thing where oh they're taking a lot of elements from um the dark knight returns um to, down to like lines of dialogue are taken directly from the comic so the line where that you just mentioned ray um of uh you're in for you're in for a hell of a night so yeah, wasn't it yeah yeah something like that i think yeah um that's in the dark knight rises um that's the cop isn't it yeah no? yeah. yeah 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 um and yeah, I like, and then you know we've had the we had the animated film, which is incredible. Mm. I think it's one of the best. Yeah. Um, but we've had so many. Like, I feel like we really need to just mm. get away from it now. Um, mm. I, need, I think I need a break from it. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I want to see Prime Batman now. I've seen I've seen enough of all Batman. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So I'll move on with it. Um, yeah, go yours, Rob. I, I'll admit this, I won't say this is necessarily my favorite, right? But I'm going to bring it up because I was so cynical about this idea when it happened first. And it's to do with the new 52. So when I remember literally sitting in work and I was dosing off for a few minutes and reading one of these blogs saying, oh, they're about to launch a whole new 
Dossing, um, dossing, yeah. Dossing off at work, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's off. where okay. you go on MS DOS yeah. and you just play games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm just glad it was a D, that's all. Yeah. So um <laughs> so yeah, when I heard about the new fifty two, I was really, really cynical. Um mm. and unnecessarily so. It just seemed like another we have no idea what to do with these characters anymore or how to solve any of these really universe problems that we have with um the whole dc multiverse at the time hmm. so they kind of just scrap everything and rewrite it again uh turns out actually it wasn't so bad an idea Um there was admittedly some te- teething problems i think in various comics like superman i don't think was great having read some of the early new 52 um but night of the owls is just such a good arc that um i have to apologize and say like new 52 is a good idea if we just get Night of the Elves, even. And um, what an interesting idea to bring in this whole sort of secret society that somehow fits into Batman's universe and something that's actually a threat to him, mm. to his whole family. You know, it covered so many story arcs. Um, I still have some of it left to read. I want to read the edge bits that kind of lead up to it. Um, but yeah, like it was redemptive to me to see Batman is Batman and the DC multiverse is still kind of in its place after New 52. Yeah, I love that arc as well. Um, I may mention it later, so I don't want to say too much about it. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I I don't disagree with you. I love that arc as well. It's not it's not my favorite, but um, it's a it's that, it, like yeah, it's it's it it's like it's one of those that's like it's definitely infiltrated into just Batman um, lore now. If you hear yes. the court of, if you hear the Court of Elves. You go, oh, it's you don't even think of them as being that recent because they're now they're just mentioned all the time and they've been in, weren't they in Ray? You'd know they were in Gotham, weren't they? How old? Yeah, they, 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 they were in Gotham here. actually. They were like that one or two episodes I watched, they were in that episode. No, I kind of like the idea of, of the Court of Owls, it's kind of like Gotham's like. Got the Gotham versus version of the Illuminati, I guess. It's like the like these powerful citizens of Gotham who formed together and tried to push politics and power in seven rural. years old now. Which is God. really new when you it think about it. It doesn't feel like it's that long. No. Um yeah, no, like no, I no, 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 no. It's it's nine years old. Because the, 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 the first issue came out in two thousand eleven. Oh god. Oh. Yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Actually, this because it's the compendium of it. Who is, uh, is Harry Styles? Yeah, that was <laughs> Port of what? Owls. <laughs> oh, anyway, I know what he looks like. Is there only they're having a um, I do think there's better writing and better art in some other arcs. Mm. Um, I just have to point that out as a really good new arc mm. that maybe not an awful lot of people know about. Yeah, more familiar with things like Dark Knight Returns like, and so on. It obviously had such a such an impact and worked very well that if the rumors are true, the up and coming new Batman game, it's going to be all about the Court of Owls. Um, apparently, though, it's one of the main rumors that the Court of Owls uh, get like these assassins to hunt down Batman and it's called Gotham Knights or something like that. Uh, but anyways, look, just goes to show you, it's obviously such a great arc and it has already... Tr- crossed over into both live action um showings has it been done animated yet in i don't think so yes 
Uh, cartoons, I feel like they appeared in one of the straight to DVD films. They weren't the, the big bads in it. Yeah. I'd have I'd have to do my research on it, but I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Um there's a, there's also rumors that they're going to appear in um the next Batman trilogy. And what would be so cool is if in the Gotham um prequel series that they're doing, um that the Court of Elves would be a part of that. Hmm. Yep. Actually, you know, really cool. makes sense. Yeah, because they've been a part of the world for a lot longer than Batman has. Mm. So deadly. Cool. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, I my uh, favorite arc is the Long Halloween. Um, nice by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, who was the artist. Um, I've it's the one I've read the most because I always find something new in it. I've read it maybe four times which for me as you know I'll, I'll read I've read a decent amount of Batman comics um, but a bit like yourself right it's not the thing I go to most mm. um, but I've read all the I've read all the classics and I've read a few other bits and pieces as well um, and the Long Halloween is the one I've come back to the most because one no matter how many or no matter what time of year you uh, read it it'll always match what time of year you're at because it's based around all the holidays and throughout the entire year. Nice. So yep. that's always fun. Um, and it interweaves all of Batman's classic rogues gallery throughout, even though none of them are the main um, villain in it. Mm. Um, well, I, that's it. Like, I love that mystery to it. Yeah. And they kind of create their own, like, super villain from the story itself. It's... Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's dark. It's fun and fun at the same time, which is kind of the a really nice blend um, for for a comic book or a, a graphic novel. Mm. Um, and I I love the. I noticed there is there are critics of the of the art, um, but I feel like it goes hand in hand with the story. It's this kind of it's kind of sketchy and a bit ragged, um, and it's it's quite raw, which is. Um, it's different, and I, you know, I've I can picture a lot of those images in my head. Mm. Um, is Lockdown, for me, it's kind of a great art. Like, is Long did you ever Halloween, read? Uh, sorry, Rick, go on, Ray. No, no, I was saying, is Long Halloween the one that has like the weird? Because um, I have it over there, I could just pick it up and look through. But um, it's the one that has like Amadeus Arkham's journals, and they're kind of scattered throughout the story. Like, there's weird. No, is that different? That's, that's Arkham Asylum. Arkham yeah. Ah, okay. Well, there's a few Arkham stories we have. That art is crazy. Yeah, that's the that one I was thinking when you were saying it was weird and people don't like it. It's It looks like, do you know what it looks like? It looks like, do you know if you were trying to tell someone what your dream looked like, how nothing really looks well, like what's supposed to look like, but you know what it is. It's a real kind of like abstract and kind of scratchy faces from the shadow, fluid kind of faces kind of look. Um, yeah. It's very weird. Did you ever read uh, Dark Victory? Yeah, no. let we'll we'll talk about this. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's a good choice. Uh, Long Halloween is great. Delhi, we'll um, move on to the next one. So, um, question twenty-five: uh, favorite Batman comic writer? Uh, I'm kind of leaning on an answer I kind of gave earlier on. I'm just going to go with Frank Miller, um, mainly because he basically rebooted uh, the Dark Knight to be grittier. Um, again, I'm I'm just treading over some co- comments I already said. Like it, it basically shows how Batman can kick the snot out of Superman if you really want to. Um, I'm not going to labor on it too much. Uh, just that, yeah, Frank Miller. Just go with that. 
Yeah, I I don't love that choice. I must say, um, I get it for I get it for uh, Dark Knight Returns, but he has some really shitty stories later on. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, like I I kind of was just kind of thinking about just a very uh like a defining story that kind of has changed a lot of the lore after it. Like not not the actual canon lore because like I don't think Yuan Kelly is still even considered an official Robin. I know that. She is a Robin, but like, um, I don't think she's ever been written into the, the continuity of any of the other mainline stuff. But like, just the way that he basically defines a dark, grittier, darker, more brutal Batman, and how that actually has carried across into something like Batman v Superman, or like some of the other games or the TV shows. Uh, readers, Eddie was saying like some elements of Dark Knight Rises is taken from it. Um, so just the fact that he did that kind of contribution to that the source material and it's a point of reference for most people going forward now yep yep no, you're right um he has um I think there's better writers yeah i mean he he his contribution is arguably the biggest apart from bob kane and bill finger mm. yeah um, i do maybe, agree yeah, may, like he redefine it and maybe denny o'neill as well but the there's a handful of classic you know, if you were to do your, you know, the the stereotypical Mount Rushmore of um, of Batman writers, you probably would put him on it. But and, and bear in mind that I haven't read the stinkers because I've heard their stinkers and I don't need to spend my money on them. Um, but stuff like I've never read Dark Knight Strikes Again, um, and I've never read All Star Batman and Robin, which I've heard is just problematic in a lot of ways um i have been re i have read the, the, he's part of the dark knight three isn't he no, they did um, the third part to the the dark knight returns trilogy i think it's still yeah, released it. no let me see i'm not sure i, I think it's in it's yeah, still released he's about, right. he, he did redefine it i think it's like one of those yeah things where sometimes you need that uh person who sets off the spark and other people take it up and create a bonfire out of it um, so, he's, he's, so he's he's written dark knight 3 master race which i read half of i was reading i was picking them up as they came out and then the release date started staggering and i just kind of forgot yeah to pick them up but i was really enjoying them for for what they were so he's he still has something in him but it's he's he's probably done more poor stuff than good yeah, and right. I, I'm not a huge fan of Year One either. Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I some of his art style grates me as well. To be honest, it's not yeah the most Very interesting it's not or something. The most beautiful. Yes, like everyone. Um, looked, do you want like, to follow on from Ray's cool. wrong answer there? <laughs> Ray's wrong answer. Well, I'm just going to pick up where you left off earlier, Ed, and say Jeff Loeb because he's Jeff Loeb. <laughs> he wrote Long Halloween. Um. He also did Hush, right? And that's yes, he did. Yeah, is like if I didn't have to mention um, Night of the Elves earlier, out of a sense of guilt, I probably would have gone with Hush. Such a great story, um, and yeah, Long Halloween. I just can't fault it all. It was one of the first big um, graphic novels I bought, and I love it the bits. Um, such a great story. It really, that is the heart and essence of Batman. Jeff Loeb. Any time I read his. Batman stuff, um, it just slips right in. You are reading a Batman story. You feel it. all these characters are 
three dimensional. Slips right in. <laughs> Lobe it in, boss. <laughs> um. Oh, you're. Yeah, I'm glad we're doing it this way now. Um, you're kind of making me want to change my answer now because I was kind of, I was, I was it was a two faced decision for me about whether I'd go with heads or tails. Um, so since you said Jeff Loeb, who, yeah, it's really fifty fifty. It's between Jeff Loeb and Scott Snyder, who I'm glad you said that because it was the exact same for me. Yeah, who did who? You know, as Rob was talking about earlier on, uh, the the Cordovales, um the Cordovales series, and then he went into the War of Jokes and Riddles. I think it was called. I think I only read a little bit of that, and he um, wrote Year Zero as well. Which again, I read about half of that as it was coming out. I think the fact for me that I was able to stick with um, single issues for so long, I stuck with. I stuck with single issues on Scott Snyder's writing for maybe two and a half years, um, which was, you know, that's a commitment because you need to keep remembering every month to go to the comic book shop and buy. Yeah, it's a costly investment. Um, well, like, well, what? How much is a single issue now? What six euro, seven euro? I think they're about four or five. Really? Oh. Yeah, for me, it's usually a question of space. Mm, so yeah. I just don't have the space in my bookshelves anymore. I have too many things on it already. So I'll wait till the uh, compendium comes out. Yeah, um, but he also wrote, which is apart from Jeff Loeb stuff, like as you mentioned, Dark Victory, and um, there's also another uh, piece called Haunted Night, um, that Jeff Loeb did, which I love. It's like a Halloween, um, three or four stories. So what uh, about Scarecrow? No. Yeah, he's the first one. Yeah. Um, he Scott Snyder also wrote uh, Black Mirror, which is I need to read it again. I've only read it the one time, but it's left a mark on me. I remember turning one page and seeing an image in that that I properly went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it was <laughs> it was terrifying, um, and the story is great, and it's not even Bruce Wayne in the story; mm. it's Dick Grayson as Batman. Oh, really? Which, yeah, you you'd think that, and you go, ah, no. And I kind of had that as well. But I'd heard so many good things about the the story that I picked it up, and it's it's a fantastic piece of work. So, um, for that reason, I will say Scott Snyder. But it's yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I said I'll flip a coin, and mm. whatever way it lands is my is the right answer for me. So cool. Um, right. So we move on to question twenty six. Then. Um, Favorite Batman comic artist. Now, mine's a bit of a cop out because it's um, it was part of a bigger story that Batman was just a part of. Um, so I'm going to go with Alex Ross on this one, um, purely because, and I have it over there. I'm not going to jump off and grab it just yet. But for Kingdom Come, like the very first time I read, what a great choice! Yeah, sorry, absolutely great choice. Like I read that, and I was just, I think I was more in awestruck of the artwork than I was of the story. I was just like, these characters look like real humans. Um, and like normally when you see Batman animated or like drawn in comics, he always preserves like the classic white eyes and stuff like that. Whereas like in this, he didn't even have the black makeup around his eyes. He just literally just has the cowl and you can see his eyes behind the cowl without 
the black i think it, it doesn't have the black eyeliner makeup um just everything in it, it like the heroes look like fucking bodybuilders like they look like people who actually would obtain those bodies by working out like superman looks great um like shazam looks amazing um it just it looks like renaissance paintings as you're reading shirts you're like the next page is even more beautiful than the last one like and they have like the classic jay garrick looking kind of flash in it as well um yeah like honestly if if, if anyone listening hasn't picked it up just pick it up just purely for the artwork alone like the story's pretty good it's it's nothing really to write home about but um the artwork alone is just fantastic well here's yeah. our uh, sorry go ahead no go on I was going to say that the art from Alex Ross is what was the um, inspiration behind the Justice League poster. Yeah, the weird kind of weird lit from above, and it's the shadow yeah. casting on their face. It's real hyper realistic looking. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just. Hopefully, we get some cool posters for before the Snyder cut comes out as well. Oh, deadly! Yeah, yeah. be great if it's Alex great fan made posters there. Mm absolutely um yeah so i'm gonna leave that short and sweet uh bang on to you rob good choice um so my one pretty much follows logically on from where it was before which is jim lee um for hush basically uh and everything else he's done of course but i can't find my copy of hush having moved twice in the last two years i'm hoping it's not completely lost Mm. um but my pile of batman comics does not contain hush anymore um it's great such good artwork as I said, some of the Frank Miller stuff gets a bit sketchy looking. Um, let's have a look here. This beautiful visual medium of podcasting. Um, right. Frank Miller. Rob picked up, <laughs> yeah. Rob picked up a graphic like, novel. It's, I mean, just look at this. Through the pages. It's just a bit inconsistent when you look at Frank Miller. Um, it's, it's almost like, I guess I'm being a bit petty. It's like he didn't even bother inking it. Now, I know it's not always him inking it, but he still has almost directorial control of it mm. artistically um yeah i just i don't love frank miller i mean i know he does have other artists working with him generally but... Fuck frank Fit, frank miller. <laughs> I don't... no 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 that's, that's unfair that is unfair um frank if you ever listen to this if you really want rob's home address just hit us up yeah <laughs> just arrive at your gaff <laughs> what are you saying about me huh <laughs> like even say with um tim sale in Long Halloween and Dark Victory, it's a little bit cartoony. Mm. Um, where I think Jim Lee has that added bit of realism that is more interesting. Um, yeah, I just I, I quite like it. Yeah, the, the thing I like with Jim, Jim Lee's cards as well is that they kind of look a bit more grounded in reality. Like their their superheroes don't have that like ridiculous over the top muscles that look like you literally would be able to turn. Like Batman is sleek right? and yeah. slender. Or who was that um, bigger? It was that famous Marvel guy, oh, Captain Nineties. <laughs> he did. He did all. He was like the the king of um, ammo packs and like these. <laughs> but he was all well trained. He, he like, as well. Yeah, what was his name? I now have to Google this. You may as well go, well, go ahead there. I'm oh, sorry. I'm actually doing it here. Uh, it's. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, that's like a notorious. It auto completes like, in Google. Rob Lightfield. Yeah, if anyone yeah. looks up an image of a Rob Liefeld drawing, it's like yeah, the Captain America thing. He looks about five hundred years old, but somehow has all the muscles in the universe. And his um, chest is at a really improbable position. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone has like an extra packet and pocket thing on their legs somehow, hmm. but also their quads are about fifty inches wide. 
Um, <laughs> and just all the proportions are wrong. Their shoulders are in the wrong place. They've all got weird anatomical problems. Yeah. The women have the largest breasts in the universe. Um, well, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, silver linings and all that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just, yeah, thank God, you know, comic art has gotten better than that. Mm. Um, yeah. There's still the problems of sexism and so on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And ridiculous muscles, but, you know, there's room for growth. Yeah. I will say about Rob Liefeld, he, or Liefeld, he uh, co-created Deadpool, so he gets a pass for that. He, he did loads. Uh, he just had really weird style of drawing, but nobody seemed to notice at the time, or at least no, maybe the internet wasn't as big a thing. Um, like Captain America pictures ridiculous. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> um, so my artist is um i actually think rob you might have introduced me, this guy to me years ago but it's lee bermejo who um did the illustrations for the joker graphic novel which uh was an inspiration behind the joker's look in batman 2000 or the dark knight in 2008 and then he went on to do one of my favorite um batman arcs of um Batman Noel, which I try and read uh, once a year. I don't always get there at Christmas time, but um, it's a it's a great piece, and it's it 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 really brings Christmas into Gotham, um, and it's dark and noiry and all my all my favorite things in in graphic novels. Um, and he puts a, a realist slant on it, um, which you don't get in a lot of. Um, a lot of comic books, like you know, there's I I love Jim Lee, um, and I love Greg Capullo, but there's I like when there's a I don't know an extra five percent of realism in in the art, mm. um, yeah, and I think you get like, that with Lee Bermejo. And some of his stuff is like a painting. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Like it's horrifying as well. Obviously, most of the Joker stuff because it looks so terrifying with this really really ugly face mm. but yeah it is really beautiful i never realized oh, that was the inspiration well like a partial it looks like a cross between heath ledger's joker and caesar romero's joker mm. like it's just got that really i heard that from um there's a the batman on film podcast uh, mm. they interviewed lee mayo and the owner of batman on film um basically told him that he had contacts you know he's he he knows the the Nolans, um, and he'd been told by someone that basically the the Joker graphic novel was partly responsible for the look of the Joker in the Dark Knight. So yeah, no, I can definitely see it. Just to have kind of like an image pulled up here. Um, awesome, cool. I haven't read um, Batman Damned yet. I want to, but I don't know if you guys heard about the controversy about Batman Damned. No, no. Not at all. Well, you, you, well, since this is this is is coming across as the blue podcast for our uh, the blue one, <laughs> uh, but apparently Batman gets the, his uh, Bat Lad out. I out have heard about it. <laughs> okay, Bat Lad. <laughs> it's just like uh, the start of um, that. What was that movie? Batman. That's... Damn. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> the killing do you know when they started the killing joke they had that short film oh where Batman God, and Batgirl yeah. have sex for some reason on top of a I hated that skyscraper. So 
Look, we're having fun here. Let's not bring it yeah. down. Um, cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll move on to the next question. Um, <clears throat> so this one is the original question for this was favorite Batman novel, and I don't think any of us have read a Batman novel, so we decided to change this one up to favorite Batman video game. Um, for me, um, it's not the best of the bunch, but it's the one that I enjoyed the most. It's Arkham Origins on the Xbox 360. Um, not officially, well, no, I say not officially. It's not made by Rocksteady, who made um the like Arkham uh, Asylum, City, and Night. Um, it was made by um, Christ, the bloody name. I'll think about it in a few minutes, but it's um. It was just it was done as like a prequel to the Arkham games. It showed kind of like the origin of where the Joker came out of. It had some really interesting characters. Um, the best boss battles, like it, it, the boss battles in Origins, kicked the D off all the boss battles in the other Arkham games. Um, it's a bit clunky. Um, some great vocal performances. Obviously, you got uh, Troy Baker comes in as Joker, doing his best Mark Hamill impression. Um, pretty much nails it. And it has possibly one of my favorite um, scenes from a video game. It's the scene where, um, there's no real spoilers, but there's a fight on a, a rooftop and Joker jumps off the rooftop and Batman jumps off after him to try and save him. And, you know, he's punched him on the way down. At the very end, Batman, like, saves him. And Joker's just absolutely like, you know, why would you do that? Why would you save me? And he's just like, has this weird kind of bonding with Batman where it almost feels like he thinks Batman's in love with him and he's in love with Batman, but not like love, love more like he can't exist without him. Now he needs to have this person and he's never had anyone like this in his life. Um, and it just shows like a weird dependency on their relationship. Um, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's, That's a good choice. Play um, it if you've never played it and it's set a Christmas I, as well. Replayed Origins and City earlier this year to start of all the lockdown because they were on Xbox Game Pass, the remasters, I think. Um, I didn't love... I loved most of the boss fights in the game. Um, the one thing that I found really tedious going back to it was fighting the big mutant guys. Mm. So Is this in I did, City? In Origins as well. Oh, okay. sorry, not Origins. Um, Asylum. Yeah. Asylum. Um, you mean the brutes, like the bigger guys? Yeah, the big brutes guys, and right. I found the Joker a bit tedious as well. Um, so that's uh, like, I'll just go through this quickly. Arkham City is obviously the best game there is. Um, it just it's plain cool. old is. It's a uh, took everything Asylum had and made it bigger and better. Mm. Um, so much more space. The fact that you can fly around the entire city as Batman. Not even going to talk about it much. What I want to talk about is um, game that I played as a really young kid um that was on the mega drive which was the batman 1989 game oh, which was yeah. a side scrolling beat em up game no this oh. is why it sticks in my mind right um we used to rent a sega mega drive which is also known as a genesis from castletown video for a week at a time during the summer we did it maybe yeah, once or twice. Video. <laughs> yeah, you make it. And this is uh, <laughs> yeah. So we this was one of the games we got. It was and it's stuck in my mind as this great game. Now obviously it's not great, but it's it just is one of those uh sense memories when you look at it. I even ended up writing a college essay on it once. Um yeah. <laughs> just as a sidetrack thing, one of the other games 
going back to earlier that we got was the Michael Jackson video game. Oh God, this Moonwalk the movie. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. That is a really um, terrible game. Yeah, but yeah, I just I really liked the side-scrolling Batman. It's not great. Don't waste your time to go back and play it. Batman Forever was on the Mega Drive. Oh, I want a Mega Drive again now, just to get those yeah. games. I never owned a Mega Drive. We only ever rented it. Really? Yeah. Mine's somewhere. I think my parents did something with it. Does it? Now I have to go Google it. Do you know the way they re-released the Mega Drive in the yeah. classic thing? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the Batman games in it. Bet you it's not. No, no, it's almost certainly not. <laughs> so few games. Yeah, for those games, it's normally first party. So like the classic Mega Drive games, there's very few like. Yeah, movie tie-in licensed games. There's almost no licensed games. Mm. Interesting. What about you, Eddie? Your favorite game? Batman Vengeance. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm gonna do a rob on this and say what my favorite is, and then talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> this is my theme. My favorite's this one. But I feel like. I feel like. Are we? No, we'll we'll take it from Ray's first podcast where it was. Oh, here's my favorite, but actually I'm going to talk about a Gotham character. <laughs> I was just about to say, there's a Gotham TV show game? <laughs> yeah. Is there? There's, no. It's, if there's anything, incredible. it's going to be a web browser game or oh, something flash game. There should be. I there need to, okay, you go edit. I'll look this up. So my favorite my favorite one is Arkham Origins, like you, Ray. Mm. Um, I feel like we're the only two in the world who think that that's the best one. Um, yeah. Do you know what? I don't think it's the best one. Arkham City is the best. Um, what I do find with Origins is I enjoy playing it more. Mm. I would revisit that much easier than I would Arkham City. And that's just because it's Christmas time and it gets me into the Christmas feeling. Um, and I love roaming around Gotham as Batman with snow everywhere and Christmas mm. lights and um, the the Christmas Batman score um going around as well it's um yeah it's 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 a it's lovely i don't know it's it's a yeah the, the, it's, it's a warm feeling for a very cold game there, there's i think the the reason i think i like that and the fact that i say at christmas it really just reminds me it, it feels like batman returns the video game because of that it's got like that christmas vibe and it just reminds me of batman returns um i mean yeah. i i love that you both have such strong feelings about it even though you're both wrong um i'm not saying just, it's the best I'm not saying it's the best. It's not the best. Arkham is clearly the better game. I'm just glad nobody chose um, Arkham Knight because fuck that game. Uh, ah, no, it's fine. Fairness. I just that's hate all the tank bits. Game. Oh, I hate those tank bits. Oh, the tank bits yeah. aren't great. But it's not the worst, I don't know. Um, is it, isn't it, though? Like, if you were just to take those four I, games... I mean, out of all of them, yeah, it's not my favorite. I think it's the worst out of all four, but it's still a good game. But the game I want to say a little bit about um, because I had so much fun with it, is Lego Batman 2. Um, <laughs> that is a great game. It's <laughs> so much fun. You get to play as pretty much any character in DC Comics. That's the one we played before um, when we had the old apartment together. And when you take flight as Superman, it goes... Yeah, when you're flying around Gotham City, the John Williams Batman, or the John Williams uh, Superman theme is uh, is going along with you as you're flying. Um, it's so much fun. And you're running around as fast as anything as the Flash. Um, you're a Wonder Woman. It's brilliant. It's so much fun. Mm. Um, 
I, I mean, the, the gameplay is fine. The story I mean, mode are all the same. Story mode's, story mode's fun. But just, I, I, I seem to remember just having the really, Wasn't there a really good boss battle where you're fighting like a Joker robot and you're either climbing a building or falling down a building? Yeah, there's some really there's some really cool story bits yeah. in it. Um but the I don't know, for me the joy was always just, you know, collecting hidden trophies and um doing you know, running around as Harley Quinn in the in the uh, amusement park and finding, you know, in the amusement park you can get onto one of the roller coasters and ride the roller coaster as a random character. It's it's great fun. It's brilliant. Deadly. So um yeah, an absolute <clears throat> an honorable mention for that because I don't feel like that gets enough credit for being as fun as it is. Deadly. Cool. Um, right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, I think these last few questions will be pretty quick. All right. Uh, tw- blah, blah, blah. Question 28. Favorite bat logo? Um, I think that's what it says on the favorite version of the bat logo. Um, oh, th- this one's very easy for me. I'm just going to say the classic 89 logo. Well, not the one that's on the actual suit. The actual one that's on the cover. <laughs> very, di- very different thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> as we it, discussed in episode one, it, that's funny. It's, it's without using the obvious word. When you see that symbol, you know what it is. It explains itself. I mean, it's the go-to icon. Like I think it's pretty much on all the copyright thing. Like if you see Batman trademark on anything, it's that icon. Like no matter what it is, it's that icon, that shape of the bat symbol. Um, uh, granted, they fix it in the second one, but it's just amazing. And I'm not, I'm not even going to drill or stay on it for too long. It, blah, it's good. <laughs> well, Rob and I, this is a funny story. So Rob and I once um, wrote a <laughs> Batman script together and we filmed maybe 15 minutes of it. But one of the things we did film was I had this idea of using Harry Bow star mix and putting it together in the classic Batman uh, 89 and Batman Returns symbol. Mm. So there's the Batman symbol from uh, Batman Returns in the shape with Harry Bow Sweets. Mm. <laughs> and then we were, the idea was that we would take them up, we'd make it and then we'd take it up and then reverse it. So it looked like we were actually putting the sweets down into the shape of the, of the, uh, the symbol. So, um, that's how that's how much it's it's ingrained in all of our heads. Yeah. Yep. Um, very much is like if you were to ask someone to draw the Batman symbol, who wasn't a big massive Batman fan, they'd probably draw that. Mm. Um, that said, I don't really go with it as my favorite symbol. Um, I think at the time, obviously, it was this breakthrough thing that everyone now still thinks of as Batman. But like Frank Miller, mm. um, we've moved on from it. I think, and I like. The more modern Batman logos. Frank Miller, Kenny, when he's down. Kenny, uh, dig, you can yeah, get yeah, him yeah. Frank Miller. Um, well, that said, actually, How I really don't hurt like you, that. Rob? Fat How bat. did he hurt you? I don't like that fat bat at all. Um, <laughs> Show us uh, the dog this, where he like, hurt you. Right. <laughs> so to complain a bit more about other things, when I was trying to research this question, I got really pissed off because it was like the fan art thing mm. with the posters. Then you look up all these big posters full of Batman symbols, and they're different. <laughs> They've got this a different symbol in the year 2000 on one poster and another symbol for the year 2000 on a different poster. Mm. Um, so in the end, what I did is just got all my comics and tried to find what I thought was the best one. Um, and I went with the one from Night of the Elves. Um, 
I won't try to explain it. It's fairly simple. Um, it's that usual just black on gray with a bit of thickness to the bat. Um, if anyone can see it there. Um, it stands out. It's not too angular. Oh, yeah. I think, um, is it the one in Dark Knight? The movie um, where it's really, really angular. It looks too much like a batarang hmm. on his chest. Um, so I quite like that one. It needs, I think the bat symbol needs a bit of curvature to it. But if you look up some of the really old symbols, they were very quirky looking. Um, but yeah, I like now that the modern ones have moved away from that yellow symbol. I think obviously, not that it was needed, but it like it boosted the Batman imagery in everyone's mind so much that it's okay to move away from it. Mm. And I like the more modern ones. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I thought about this and I thought about the... The only reason I'm picking this is because it's the one I said to myself um, two and a half years ago, I thought about if I was to get a tattoo, what would I get? And it was the Batman symbol from the Dark Knight trilogy because um, it actually means something to me. Um, I won't. I, I mean, I'm 99% never going to get it. But if I was ever going to get one, it would be that one. And I think it's because it means something to me. When I see that, I it's a different feeling I get than the classic Burton uh, symbol. Okay. I, I, it's a difficult one. I feel like the... the the Burton one is, I don't want to say the word. The Burton one is in the zeitgeist of, uh, of, P- of, of the public consciousness. But the, yeah, I guess even though I mightn't immediately go with the Batman symbol from um, the Dark Knight as the symbol I think of when I think of Batman, it's the one that gives me a different feeling than the rest. So that's probably the one I'll go with. All right, good cool. choice. Uh, cool. We'll move on to the next one. This is a bit of a fun one. Um, let me just read the original question on this one because favorite DC character you like to see Batman team up with that's not the Bat family. Um, so the way this question was phrased, the same. It sounds like it, it's got to be like a team up that's already existed, and that's kind of the way I took it. So if you've a different interpretation, you can run with it. But um, my favorite one, it's actually from a very recent movie. It's the, I think it's the Justice League war it's one of the more recent animated ones and it's a scene where um batman and green lantern go into the sewers for, for the first time and uh green, the green lantern's like so uh what's the matter you know did you not drink your true blood this morning he goes i'm not a vampire and he's like oh uh so what is it can you can you like super strength he goes nope and he just goes wait a second you're not just some dude in the back costume are you <laughs> i turned around and he just like smiles at him and then they have this bit of a confrontation and he goes like, you, you get in my way. Like I'm blah, 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 blah. And Batman just turns around to him and goes, what does this do? And he's holding the green lantern ring. He's whipped it off his fingers. And he goes, how, how did you do that? And he goes, does it work like this? Does it work like this? And I just love it when the green lantern takes the ring back. He goes, uh, you won't do that again. And Batman just quips back, unless I want to. it's just so good and i I always love characters that bounce off batman and i think it always works to batman's advantage if they're a bit more jovial and then when batman finally gets a one-up it's just that kind of great uh balance act um he always works well with with kind of comedic characters 
Um, but the odd couple. Yeah, brilliant. yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's yeah. a classic dynamic of the odd couple. So Green Lantern for me. Just That's on that, I, yeah. I remember I remember the scene in uh, it was a it was a comic arc, but it was also in one of the Justice League films where it was a Justice League Doom where Batman had to come up with a plan for or he had a plan for every uh, hero on the Justice League hmm. in case they turned. So he'd have an idea on how to defeat them. Mm. So, you know, Superman, it's it's uh, kryptonite, etc. Um, and the Legion of Doom got a hold of his plans and started using all of the ideas that he'd come up with. Mm. And I remember Batman saying to Martian Manhunter, he said, you know, I, I had to do this, that and the other to get kryptonite and to, to turn it against Superman. With you, all I need is a match. And I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> what a way to just take someone down with like Cheat. <laughs> yep. a few words. All I need with you is a match. I really love um, that story idea as well. The fact that Batman is this consummate preparer. He's like the ultimate Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just prepare it for every possibility, I'll be okay. Because like that, he is just a dude in a suit. But he thinks ahead for everything. Um. For my choice, I feel like I did it wrong now that you have that nice uh, buddy cop duo. <laughs> um, I can't. It's not necessarily a team up, but I love the dy- dynamic between Batman and Superman. Mm. Um, when they're friends, not the shitty BVS thing. Um, because you have this ultimate pinnacle of justice, mm. Superman, the incorruptible. Um who is just like he will do his best you know his whole thing of living in a world of cardboard where he can't possibly break anything around him Mm. he's always holding back but he cares so much about everyone and then you have batman who lives in a world of gray everything is wrong you know he's constantly seeing problems around him he's constantly worried that people might turn evil um but he's like he's so needed for the justice league because they're all these incorruptible gods Mm. that well, of course, it's comics. They are definitely corruptible in some way. Um, so you need someone like Batman who can prepare against them. And I just love that sort of, when it's written really well, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but uh, good dialogue between Batman and Superman as friends um, is really interesting. Yeah. Because you have these people who really shouldn't be friends. Superman should kind of look at him and go, well, you know, you're a psychotic villain who beats the shit out of people at night. Um, but Superman also sees the necessity of Batman, the fact that, you know, I can't be everything. Hmm. You know, we need someone like Batman who can live in that world of gray. And at the same time, Superman would like to be able to help Batman. But if you help Batman enough, Batman stops existing. Hmm. You know, yeah. you can't fix Bruce Wayne. So, yeah, that's my choice. Cool. Good choice. Yeah, mine is... Um... Mine is absolute like fan casting. I want to see uh, Batman team up with the question. Um, mm. I want to see them out detective each other <laughs> and be annoyed that the other person got thought of the thing first. Um, but then coming together at the end, and you know they they put their two brilliant detective heads together to to come up with the final. So you basically want a Batman version of that episode of The Simpsons where Lisa has a rival. Oh, with Lisa and Bart. (laughs) 
So, so who, which one's Lisa? Lisa Paul. Batman would be Lisa. Like to throw it. <laughs> no, the question. Jeremy's no Lisa. No one's Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be a great team up, actually. Yeah, because it would be that kind of. He he probably wouldn't respect the question because I, I I don't really know too much about the question whether he's more kind of um, against like he's more the rules. Quippy than, he's more what? He's more quippy. He's more quippy than mm. um, than Batman is. Um, I've read I've read a couple of things with the question in it, but I think my favorite thing that I've seen the question in was Justice League Unlimited, mm. um, and he's in a couple of episodes where there's like they kind of look at the side characters a little bit on a mission and he steals every scene he's in. He is hilarious. He is badass and he's mysterious, um, which is quite like Batman. So actually it's a bit like the, I, I nearly want to see a yin and yin thing happen. Mm. Um, you know, kind of the opposite of the Batman and Green Lantern thing. Yeah. See like, <laughs> see where the differences lie in people being very similar. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Deadly. Cool. Um, Graham, we move on to question 30, home stretch. Um, these two, I'd imagine, are going to be fairly quick. So, favorite piece of Batman memorabilia you own? Uh, probably the only thing I have, like, for the graphic novels, which I have here on the ground, is I picked up um, a comic for Trish at the Comic-Con there about two, three years ago. But it's a single issue of um, an episode of Batman during the Nightfall arc, I think it is. Um, it's issue... I can't read it. Um, issue something <laughs> um, but it's got like a really cool foil Near, this is another one your heart. Yeah. I can't see it this isn't, I just don't know what issue number it is this is another one of these presents he got for Trish well, hang on. No, hold on hold on one second real talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is a present he got for Trish that just happens to be in his office on his bookshelf beside all his stuff he can't hear us now but Jesus Christ this lad right did you find it issue 19 of the nightfall arc <laughs> but um no it's really cool because like it's it's obviously out of print uh the guy who I bought it from did me a really cool deal on it um uh, and it's got this really cool uh front cover where like it's it's actually a cutout of batman on the front cover and when you open it up it's the city behind him but when you open up the cover like it's just batman on the cover and then behind it is an empty city um uh, yeah, no, it's just really cool. I we I got a frame that's up on the wall here. Obviously, um, like no one's going to see it, but uh, I'll probably put a link in the show notes if anyone's interested to see what the cover looks like. Cool. Okay. Um, so my choice is not a good choice. I don't have an awful lot of memorabilia. I just have some. Um, it's my choice is definitely a shitty choice. But when I thought about it, it made me laugh, and it goes back to what you were saying, Eddie. That skit we did before. Mm-hmm. So my favorite piece of memorabilia is that Batman costume. because it's simultaneously baggy while also tight yeah (laughs) what so yeah yeah, it doesn't it literally defies all physics um you can count your leg hairs in it but also you seem to have this weird belly or back thing Um, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense it was perfect for the film it was great yeah it was so bad um and it, it's just like <laughs> you couldn't take anyone seriously while they were wearing it. You I mean you'd have to wear it as a joke? Um, it's just so bad. It's like one of those cheap ones you get in Argos. Um, you know, it's just like scrap material. The back of it doesn't even close up fully, <laughs> so you have to wear it. I have to see this. <laughs> it's very bad. I think it's still in the wardrobe in one of my in my parents' house. Um, I feel like I still have some of the footage from that. 
think you do. I think you showed it to me before. No, yeah, you had, no, you had my camera. Did I? And then Dara, <laughs> you filmed over it. <laughs> yeah, no, and Dara decided to show everyone. Oh, that's what happened there? They were very lucky. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> that's my favorite piece of memorabilia, just because it it's so funnily bad. Hmm, perfect, um, Edward. So I have a couple. Well, there's definitely one that um, I like the most. So I have a Joker statue from the Dark Knight, but an ex-girlfriend of mine, who to this day denies it, uh, broke the knife off of the statue. So there's like, I think there was only 3,000 of these made, and I have one of them. Um, one so of where he's, it's I, like I, he's I now say, carrying a burner phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I say it's, a flip, it's one of those flip knives. Yeah. That he hasn't yet. <laughs> um, um, and a bit like you, yourself, Ray, I have two um, kind of very memorable comic books. Mm. Um, so I have the first issue of year one, um, like a first edition, and I also have a first edition of, I think it's the third part of um, The Dark Knight Returns. Don't you have has... a first ed- edition of uh, Rebirth as well, or... Is a new fifty two. No, hold on, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that now. Hold on, hold your little horse. Uh, the it's so the Dark Knight Returns when I have I have framed in mm. um and it's on my wall. Um, it's the one where Superman and Batman are fighting each yeah, other yeah, yeah. in the little red background on it. Mm. But the one I have is I have a first edition of um the first issue of the Court of Elves in the new fifty two. Actually, remember you buying that? Yeah, and it's it's the only it's the only comic that I have that seems to be worth quite a bit of money. It's really? I think it's about, it's about like two hundred euro now. Nice for that one, uh, and it cost me about four quid. Deadly. So um, I think the fact that it's the first appearance of the Court of Elves, mm. um, and they, as we were talking about earlier on, that they they're just in Batman lore now and in, mm. in comic book lore in general. Um, I think that's the reason that it's it's become quite a significant piece of um, of comic books. So totally. that's yeah, that's that's the one I treasure. Um, and it, again, it's by my you know one of my two favorite writers. So yeah. you you've got actually out of all of us, I think Eddie has kind of the, the most kind of notable Batman memorabilia. I mean, you you've got that um, CD of the Batman animated soundtrack. By yeah, Walker, so you, by Kevin Conroy. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks to you, because I couldn't go. Which, which reminds you, I actually have a photograph with Kevin Conroy, and, I, and it looks like he's more happy to meet me than I am with me him. I was just wrecked. <laughs> I was just like had a big grumpy face, and he's got a big grin on him. Um, deadly, cool, cool. Um, that is that is an also that's an also a very treasured piece as well. Mm. It's great. So moving on to the final last question. Um, Favorite Batman podcast? I mean, I'm going to be very quick about it, and mainly because we poached this entire idea from them. I'm just going to say, holy, <laughs> check them out, subscribe, you know, <laughs> follow them, whatever. <laughs> Rob, I'm going to be even quicker. It's this one, of course. Well, you know, with our original ideas Batman. that we'll never run out of. Mm. Um, <laughs> the only one you should listen to. Yeah, listen now. Subscribe. We're not exclusively a Batman podcast, in fairness. No, no. Um, Maybe a bit mine is also, yeah, Holly Backcast. There, I've been listening to them for a good number of years now. They're good guys. Um, 
they always read out my questions. Um, and uh, yeah, they came up with this idea. Do you know what they are? They, for me, the reason I like them the most, and I've listened to a few Batman podcasts, I don't listen to anymore anymore. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, any others anymore. Uh, the reason I, I stuck with that one is because they're not toxic. They're not negative. Mm. Um, what they are negative about is um, toxic fandom. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. They, they, even then, they try to stay away from talking about that much because there's so much negativity with it. Mm. So they just stick with the positive stuff and what they like. And, um, you know, they're they're not afraid to give their opinions, but they also, they, they just, they talk about it because they enjoy it yeah. um, and don't bitch about it. And if they are saying something negative about something, then it's just their opinion and they're okay with people disagreeing with them on it, which is, you know, it's hard to find that these days. And I'm sure we're going to be the ones who are going, how dare you have that opinion? <laughs> so if yeah, you're looking for another whole podcast, maybe don't listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, because, because Frank Miller can get in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Never said that. <laughs> that man is going to hunt you down someday, Rob. He's going to come across this podcast randomly and just go, who's the What Rob? age is Frank Miller now, actually? He's, he's, he's been, been writing comics for a really that, long time. That, that could sound like a threat, Rob. Could, could, could I take him? Just curiosity. He's not. Set, making, he was not born at fifty-seven. Wow. Well, he, he, I'd say Lanzia Thump now. Years old. He's probably still swing him. Um. Cool. Right. So that's um all thirty-one questions finally covered. Uh, join us next time when we cover an unknown topic because we haven't picked one. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? We're definitely prepared. It's a super. Oh secret yeah. Topic. Sorry. Sorry. It's a secret topic which we don't want to disclose yet because of reasons. Um, we have the next six months planned out. Yeah, we've uh, absolutely we've a uh, five-year plan. Uh, so join us next time, and we'll see you then. Yeah.